Okay. I think I'm ready to go. Are you okay. ready to go? Oh, yeah. I am... I am very lubed. This is the drunk episode, even though we're only doing one tonight. <laughs> yeah, we've talked so long. I know. <laughs> when I was also like kind of overcompensating uh, with my prep, where I was like, well, I generally enjoy our drunk episodes more. So <laughs> I'm going to start drinking a little earlier <laughs> than I normally would. <laughs> Welcome to The Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week Jeremy Cohen and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, it's another super group. This time, it's the ladies of this indie rock moment. Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy... Oh, man, I forgot to ask you. Is it Lucy Dacus or Lucy Dacus? Dacus, uh, based Dacus. on Seth Meyers' presentation. Oh yeah, I should have gone. Um, and to but that. he also did refer to Phoebe Bridgers as Phoebe Bridges, so I don't know if that. <laughs> Dude, I looked two different places, and it's Bridgers. I know it's Bridgers. Oh okay. I'm so. I'm saying maybe we can't rely on Seth Ma- Meyers' pronunciation for uh, Dacus, Bridgers. but. Well, yeah, no, Dacus makes point. sense to me, so I I, yeah. I think we should commit to Dacus. Dacus, it's yeah. Dacus, you dinkus. <laughs> This week, it's another supergroup. This time, it's the ladies of the indie rock moment. Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker. Talking boy genius next on The Radio Care. Hey, Jerry. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I was once considered a boy genius. (laughs) If only uh, for my mother. (laughs) Yeah, she says that all the time mm-hmm. around you. He's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> yeah, I think no, it's a... that's that's. She stopped caring about me though. I think that's moved on to your son at this point. He's the boy genius now. This is the thing about kids. Everyone everyone thinks their kid is a genius and unique yeah. and you know like so weird and odd and perfect and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it every small child is weirdly knowledgeable about one very very specific right uh, uh kind of uh kind of thing right like judah loves states he can name all the states he can name all the capitals yeah. of the states that's weird for a five-year-old no five-year-old knows that shit that's weird right right i'm but not even sure to, i know that shit <laughs> right I, I do now i guess but <laughs> um <laughs> But that doesn't mean he's a genius. That just means that's his thing, and that's a weird thing to be in. Right. One of his one of his friends has like seventy five to a hundred different transformers, and he can transform them all. He knows all the names of them. That that's more states than there are. See. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some of them are like really intricate. Like you can buy a fucking like Rubik's cube type transformer thing. It's insane. I don't like that. I, I when I peaked, it was when I was able to solve two sides of a Rubik's cube. Yeah, it's a low peak. It's a low peak, low low <laughs> hanging peak. <laughs> yeah, I believed I was a genius for way too long. That's where I, that's why I am where sickness. I am now. <laughs> it is. It's kind of a generational thing. I feel like. Yeah, I think so. Fucking hippie ass, you can be whatever you want to be. Parents told yeah. us all that we were but, like uh, fucking perfect and could do no wrong. Yeah, Thanks well, a lot, mom. Yeah, what a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> God, that is that does not prepare you for the real world very well. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I like the idea of uh, saying boy genius because these yeah, are um, 
some young up and coming ladies uh, that are all uh, pretty uh, genius oriented themselves mm-hmm. in in their field. Uh, interesting thing: all the boys of the supergroup last time was called Glorietta, female. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that was the town in New Mexico, but you know, coincidentally, <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, now you have Boy Genius, all one word. Uh, I also thought that it was interesting that when I went on to Spotify and looked for Boy Genius, uh, it does not exist. They actually yeah. released it on each of their feeds right. in Spotify, Yeah, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, it was frustrating for a minute. I was like, where the fuck is this? <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I but get it, it. I like it. <laughs> it's also great because if you're a fan of one of those artists and you're looking uh, and you don't know this is happening, then it's right there for you. And you think it's a new album from your uh, new favorite artist. I, I think it's a really great play. I think it's really shrewd. It's very um, I, innovative, I, I think. Yeah, I, I like it too. I, I, I don't feel like I've seen that done yet. That's very clever. I was thinking about it today because the the idea of a, a, a super group is kind of antiquated in the sense that and and they were on uh Seth Meyers and he called them a supergroup. So mm-hmm. I mean if Seth Meyers thinks they're a supergroup then I'm gonna go a supergroup. <laughs> um and I, I think these ladies have more listeners than the men did last time for Glorietta actually. Oh they so definitely do. I yeah, I think that they're uh much more super uh yeah. But supergroup almost tends to kind of go to that old timey, like we're all on Sony BMG. So we're going to collaborate for one of our albums, you know, Mm -hmm. like the, the time when everyone was owned by one of the record companies, like the artists were kind of like owned, um, and kind of locked into contracts and stuff yep. like this. But th- now with the the age of Spotify and side projects and stuff like that, I mean, it, I really feel like we should just move to like the side project or um, collective or... Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, but I, I do feel like this is more legitimately a super group than uh, yeah. a lot of these collectives that exist now. Absolutely. It, if Glorietta is a super group, this is a super duper group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so they did a Jezebel interview. And so I'll, I'll read a little bit of that here. Okay. Sorry, I had some burps there. I thought maybe you were waiting for a response. <laughs> and now proceed. Okay, so this is from a Jezebel interview. Phoebe Bridges. Oh, you did Phoebe, it. You made the, you made the Seth Meyers mistake. It's easier I to say Bridges than Bridgers. I know. I kind of want her name to be Bridges for some reason in some <laughs> world. Um, Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker formed Boy Genius after booking a tour together. But the trio had subconsciously been in the works for a longer than that. When we met... Lucy and Phoebe and I were in similar places in our lives and our musical endeavors, but also had similar attitudes towards music that engendered an immediate affinity, Baker explains. Lucy and Phoebe are incredibly gifted performers, and I am fans of their art outside of being their friends, but they have also been very wise, discerning, and kind people whom I look up to in character as much as in talent. So... Did you see the, uh, I have a little bit more to read, but did you see the, uh, 
Seth Meyers performance, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it a little earlier today and it made me very angry because the the three of them played in Brooklyn like a few days ago and they all did solo mm-hmm. sets and then basically played the album together at the end. And yeah, Brooklyn Steel, right? Yeah, I am so fucking yeah. annoyed I did not go to this. I, am I told a, you about I am that. I'm a fucking fool. I told you about that. I know. I fucking blew it. I should have come out for it. That that sounds like a really great time. I actually, one of the YouTube videos I was looking at, because there's none of the YouTube songs, so I don't know how much mm-hmm. we're going to have in terms of music, but uh, it was, was from the Brooklyn Steel show. But yeah. uh, she said she looks up to Phoebe and... Um, Lucy, but she literally, she is so tiny, Julian Baker. She's a micro person. <laughs> she is so tiny. Like she, it looked like a, some sort of um, after school special where <laughs> like two lesbian moms like takes in this, <laughs> you know, stray <laughs> runaway and they form a band. <laughs> this is our small child. Yeah, she uh, is so tiny. Yeah, we noticed that because we saw her open for uh, Courtney Barnett over at Prospect Park, and she ah. she's a tiny little person. Like you see her in person, you're like, you are so little. Yeah, it was amazing. I was amazed. So I can see how she looks up to them. With gut wrenchingly personal yet easily relatable verses and spare, lifting melodic arrangements, all three are leading a new rock vanguard that values unflinching self-awareness and unassailable songcraft. Baker's sophomore LP, Turn On The Lights, uh, that's one that we did. Yeah, I think uh, uh, last year. Uh, on aggregate, that was our album of the year last year. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Um, and then uh, Bridger's debut, Stranger in the Alps, uh, both of them swept best of 2017 uh, list. Did you listen to uh, Stranger in the Alps? Yeah, it's really good. And did, <laughs> you know where the, uh, she got the album title from? Sound of Music. <laughs> no, I, you're going to enjoy this. So, uh, that was a the, good guess. <laughs> the, uh, a while back, uh, there was a viral video Whoa. from... The uh, like basic cable edit of uh, the Big Lebowski. You know, uh-huh. you know how it, uh, like basic cable they'll like they don't bleep swears. They'll actually like dub over it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you remember the scene where uh, Walter is uh, smashing the Camaro with the, with the baseball bat, and he says, "This is what happens, Larry." This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. And he says that <laughs> over and over again. Okay, so the basic... Did they say stranger in the Alps? That, the, that was their solution? The basic cable edit of it was, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> Isn't that That's great? hilarious. That, that is great. That yeah. is great. <laughs> oh... That is a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> I like all the 90s deep cut references. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Meet Me at Makeout. Oh, yeah. Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Yeah. The Simpsons yeah, reference. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Those are, those are good. So, I, yeah, I did go back and listen to that, too. It, it very it's, much sounds right in there with. Right. It's good, right? Julian Baker. Yeah, it's very good. It's yeah. very good. 
While Deka's Meditation on Loss, Historian, has already become one of 2018's most lauded releases. I have not listened to that. That yet. Yeah, that's the one I am not familiar with. Uh, maybe we'll have to revisit that at some point. Yeah, I mean, I already want to, like, hearing her voice on this. She's got a great voice, and I like how she, like, sings in a little lower register than the other mm-hmm. two. I think it complements yeah. them really well. Uh, is is hers bite the hand? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's what I thought. We can go ahead and talk about that. I felt like it was like very '90s alt. I mean, I, and maybe that's just because of her voice. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a little bit more of a, a aggressive feel to that mm-hmm. um, than uh, the other kind of indie music. Kind of like, who do you think you are? Is uh, one of the the lines she keeps repeating. But then she says, maybe I'm afraid of you. So there's that that whole kind of like Me Too movement of aggression and also fear. Yeah. song like kind of ramps up a little bit i I like the uh effect on her voice it's kind of like a strokesy sort of Mm -hmm. feel with like the fuzzy guitars in there very cool yeah all of their voices blend really well together they do they they just have all slightly different registers which is Mm -hmm. very very interesting i uh sometimes this and it happens to the men as much as it happens to the women but like almost the voices start to like find their middle you know uh they like sync up somehow so the higher ones come down the lower ones come up a little and they find Mm -hmm. their place but this song they they're they're all kind of in those they keep those different places and it's very uh very interesting sounding yeah and i i really like the big build in this song that like leads Mm -hmm. to the like the harmonies like you like if you were a fan of uh them like their solo works like you could expect like amazing harmonies and man does it deliver these harmonies are great Uh, yeah and and like right there on the first song And, and it continues throughout yeah, absolutely. So I'll finish the uh, the reading here, um, and we can talk about the other two that we wanted to talk about. Uh, this kind of talks about their process, which I think will be uh, informative to what we're just um, commenting on. In early June of 2018, they practiced and wrote for a day before holing up in Los Angeles' storied Sound City Studios, eventually taking the EP to Bushwick for mastering, courtesy of uh, Heba... Sure, I'll go with that. Heba. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I know that guy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I Hebs. live here. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he did Bjork, Slow Dive, and Beach House. That's the. Oh, that's, that's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, doesn't it? Um, each brought one finished song and one idea to Boyne Genius. Mm. Though all six songs were fleshed out and finalized together, each reflects the sensibility sensibilities of its initial author so that that makes total sense when you start listening to it there's Mm -hmm. six songs on it and um you can definitely hear uh each of the different artists kind of shine in their particular song yeah absolutely 
Uh, like, dev like, having not been familiar with Lucy Dacus before this, like, she is definitely the forefront of Bite the Hand. But, uh, mm -hmm. like, me and my dog, that's, uh, that's Phoebe. And, man, she fucking kills this one. This is, like, a classic, like, just indie gem. It makes sense that this is the one they play on the shows. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I immediately thought of Indigo Girls. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's more of a hit than, uh, any of the, the yeah. previous songs. And that's why it kind of feels more of that alt nineties, um, sensibility. I mean, they're, they're on Seth Meyers and each of them are, uh, fantastic musicians in their own right. But don't you think that that national, um, kind of stage was set by like that power of three that, yeah. that coming together? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Shrewd, shrewd businesswoman. The break is so great in this song. I like, love it. Starts it. Out, oh man, it starts out so slow, uh, a little bit country, and then it hits this break that just sounds so like indie indigo girls. that too like there's there's it's not like blatant at all but there is like a like very noticeable if you're paying attention a uh, country vibe to this yes absolutely i mean even in the the kind of the sad sack lyrics i mean me and my dog <laughs> that is so country yeah. right <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> uh, just you know i uh I want to hear a song without thinking of you. There, there's just kind of the sad sack. I can't get you out of my mind kind of yeah. thing. And so I'm going to head out uh, in my truck with my dog and hit the road. And Right. But in, the, in this case, the uh, the truck is a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I really, really like the lyrics in this one. Uh, I really like the line, I had a fever until I met you. Now you make me yep. cool. Ooh, that's good. Really I had good. that written. <laughs> I can photograph it <laughs> to document. That's what you always say to me. I, know. I can. I can send you a picture. I can tell you later. <laughs> I think In I have some notes. sort of deep-seated fear that you think I'm lying about these things. Apparently, <laughs> no, that's fair. I think everyone's lying. Right. That's my assumption too. Does that mean we're both liars? Don't liars always yeah. think everyone else is lying? <laughs> they say that um, perpetual lying is a. Uh, sign of creativity oh because you you kind of you you take this more kind of avant-garde feeling to the truth you want a nice way of saying it yeah i want to tell a story with my life <laughs> the truth uh like my right. dad always said never let the truth get in the way of a good story that's a great motto isn't it yeah i, I feel like I've, I've been living by that motto forever. <laughs> it is. It makes for good storytellers. Yeah. And uh, people who tell jokes, you always tell them in the first person. Yeah. <laughs> Another line I really like from this song is I cried at your show with the teenagers. Oh, I know. I love great. that. I thought, <laughs> I thought of that just for my own life. Right. Yeah. Me too. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what good songwriting is, right? Like you, you yeah. like feel it because you, you've, like experience it or you at least know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. And, and each of these uh, artists are definitely known for their, their lyrical yeah. work and 
it's just so down to earth, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's folksy, but in a way that isn't like kitsch. Yeah. Or ironic even. Hoaxy. Yeah. That's yeah. what, that's where, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last one that we're going to talk about is Stay Down, and that's Julian Baker's. And this one really sounds like Julian Baker. I know. This, I could, this, this could be a track on Turn Out the Lights. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it builds to that classic desperation. I always felt like she, um, of the three of these, has the most kind of like emo sensibilities. Mm-hmm. It, it, it starts slow, and then it gets to that hammered yeah. piano that yeah. is almost like that, that emo kind of, you know, hammer on that mm-hmm. they're doing with the guitars. Yeah. But it's so like very much in her vein, like so like very more atmospheric, like less aggressive. Like there's yeah. like things yeah. like bubbling around in the ether musically. Yeah, it's a quiet emo. A quiet emo. So would you teach me I'm the villain or in <laughs> well, you know, I I, I mentioned emo because you're a big emo fan. <laughs> oh now. right, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. I've been exposed. <laughs> I'll never forgive Foxing. <laughs> God, that album just gets better and better. I know. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited for our end of the year playlist when you crown an emo band uh, best I've already year. been resisting it in my head I'm like yeah I gotta pick something else I'll do that one second <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're going hard although that Lord Huron is really good don't forget about Lord don't sleep on Lord Huron I, I haven't uh, like it recency always, bias recency bias chair this is recency bias but but I hear that uh that what was that song that's in two parts on the Lord Huron Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Part one of that plays on the Pandora stations that I listen to at work all the time, oh, and I'm no. constantly reminded, in a good way. Okay. Well, okay. I was gonna. I, it's, I was it's, not, it's not on my uh, uh, overplayed list yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still loving it. Hashtag overplayed list. <laughs> but all in all, I mean, we love all three of these artists. Well, I love Lucy Lucy Dacus now. I I didn't before. I'm going to go back and listen, but I love her on this album. I legitimately loved Phoebe Bridgers and Julian Baker before this, but yeah, I think, I mean, I, I wonder how many more they're going to do of this. I mean, it definitely feels like a very shrewd business move on their part. It seems like a one-off to me, right? Yeah, it does. And they, they kind of did in the same way that uh, Glorietta did just kind yeah. of bang it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would love for them to do more, but at the same time, it's like, no, this, this was like a beautiful moment. Maybe mm-hmm. just enjoy that, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's going to be the, the way moving forward. Everyone's going to collaborate yeah. with everyone over a weekend, you know, um, which I'm all for. I'm very into this. Nine out of 10 are going to have Nathaniel Ratliff in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> he'll be this there. This is probably the, the one out of ten that didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm guessing correctly. 
But yeah, he's the, he's the Kevin Bacon of uh, the indie music world. Yeah, there's only only six degrees of separation between him and anyone else now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, I think that does it for us this time. Uh, check out Boy Genius and tell us what you think by leaving us a review in iTunes. Follow the link in the show notes to all the reviews and music using this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Care. Bye. Uh, okay, so yeah, what, what I want to ask you is, is, um, is there an update to the subway office situation? There, <laughs> minor update. <laughs> He's been I've I've seen him there multiple times lately. Um He's back in business. He's back in business. Uh he's always there for a few days at a time. It's frustrating because I always want to go sit down on that box that is his uh mm-hmm. his desk. So um, do you think that he's got a like a, a, a circuit that he does? What do you mean? Well, there has to be other boxes in other subway I don't think stations. so, because he's there like three to four days a week. And yeah. my assumption is he gets kicked out. And yeah, and then he maybe goes to his queen's office. That's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe. I don't You're know. never over there. I don't know. That's a lot of shit to move, though. And to well, be in, he is homeless. I'm sure he's probably used to it. Well, but to be in one spot that many days a week, it just seems unlikely to me that he's setting up shop for like one day somewhere else. You know what I mean? And the other requirement is that he has a power outlet, which are very sparse in uh, subway stations. Yeah. I think he's found a few other, I think he's got like a vacation squat Mm. uh, out, out in Queens somewhere. Well, and he's, uh, you saw from the pictures, we'll post this. Um, He's gotten from straight up office into more of like a uh, kitchenette type of situation. Yeah, yeah. No, he had a toaster oven in there. That's what I was looking at. Yeah, the toaster at. oven like, oh. is the newest addition. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that. Like that we iPad. finally got a that... pi- the first pictures of this. Uh, yeah. I showed you. We'll, we'll post them to our Instagram. Were you there with Julie? Yeah, that was... But- <laughs> And was that him in that lump there to the right? Yeah, he was asleep at his desk. <laughs> Overworked, oh, clearly. Right, right. Oh, it's like that episode of Seinfeld where George mm-hmm. gets the uh, gets the alarm clock uh, shelf and everything put in his desk and he just kind of rolls under there. Yeah, yeah. He's like a little <laughs> sleepy quarters. Yeah, but he yeah. clearly put in a hard day's work, had passed out. Um, <laughs> the pit, like the picture, it, it's kind of hard to see what's... Uh, actually going on there, but it's mm-hmm. uh, about as good a picture, I think, as we're going to get. Well, now with the toaster oven edition, I feel like I want you to like carry a Pop-Tart in your bag. Well, I liked your original idea where I like sprint in there uh, with, with, with a suit and a briefcase and apologize for being <laughs> late. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe the game has changed now. Maybe, yeah, maybe the pop tart. You don't say anything. You just, you just get over there. You open your pop tart out of the, the aluminum wrapper mm-hmm. and you just pop it in there and hit toast. Mm-hmm. Just kind of stand there. Be like, hey, or even, or even go. like take a plop, just sit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got maybe Netflix on that thing? We got combine both ideas. Maybe I show up in a suit with a briefcase, but I open the briefcase and the only thing in there is a pop tart. <laughs> it's a pop tart. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's a fantastic move. <laughs> yeah, he's he's back uh, pretty much full time now. I think I, I've been seeing him a lot. I, my assumption is he gets uh, shooed out of there about once a week. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I see. That's why I think he's got a secondary office somewhere. That's what I gotta and find out. I guess by out working there. with him. Oh, I just that just reminded me of another Seinfeld where. Um, Kramer, it has the fake office job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he keeps showing up to work, but no one actually ever hired him. And I think he pops his briefcase open, and all he's got in there is a banana. No, that's right. A similar bit. <laughs> <laughs> Having lunch in a briefcase is that's that's comedy gold. <laughs> it is because just bouncing around in there. <laughs> 